Hello and welcome to the You Matter to Christ podcast. Many of our listeners and guests call this podcast an experience because throughout the variety of extraordinary people we have on the show, you'll hear stories of overcoming trauma, hitting record-breaking business goals, people forgiving the unforgivable, and yes, even miracles that will shock and inspire you. On this show, you'll hear from professional athletes, entrepreneurs, and everyday people from all walks of life. Discover the profound truth that regardless of your background or circumstances, you matter deeply to the creator of the universe. You were made for a purpose, and you matter to Christ. Get ready for inspiring stories, personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ. Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I am your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. I'm here today with someone that's uh, absolutely amazing. Timmy Bauer is the founder of Dinosaur House. If you want to add the title at the end, books, Dino- Dinosaur House books. But <laughs> no, it's Dinosaur comes- House. Uh, we turn industry leaders into kids book authors. Wow, that's amazing. So not only does Timmy run a company that helps entrepreneurs become a child's book author, but also he runs four different podcasts, Purpose Driven Entrepreneur, which is, I think, how we met originally, Uh, The Literacy Advocate, and then you said two more. What are the names of those? Yeah, Writing Better and The Up and Coming Illustrator. So basically, I've started a podcast for every area where I'm trying to build relationships. So building relationships with entrepreneurs on the Purpose Driven Entrepreneur, building relationships with teachers so that I can present books in classrooms on the Literacy Advocate. Writing Better connects me with writers and the Up and Coming Illustrator connects me with illustrators. Wow. So this guy, Timmy, that you're talking to here, listening to here on the air today, he, mark my word, will be a force to reckon with when it comes to kids' books. So let's, let's dig in a little bit. Go back to think of the exercise from uh, from Utah, the living a better story executive retreat, when you stepped on those squares. And so when you're, you know, back to the five, six range, we first start to have memories. What were some of the what did you love to do when you were that age? Oh, good question. Um, Five and six. Um, You know, I think, shoot. Um, I loved playing outside, uh, building like forts out of uh, branches and stuff. Um, I loved uh, I loved Legos. Um, basically, I loved uh, building stuff, building anything. Got it. And then I, if I remember right, when when did your brother come along and you started reading books to him? So I was 17 when that happened. Um, I have there's a big age gap between me and Tristan. Tristan is Tristan was four when I was 17. Wow, my little sister was born about 12 year gap. So I have a brother that's two years younger. And then I have a sister that has that kind of gap. And yeah. it's a totally different experience. Because you almost feel you're on the border of yeah, could have been a parent to that child. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes, it kind of felt like I was halfway brother, halfway babysitter, sort of doing some of the things that a parent does. 
yeah, it was an interesting thing. Yeah. And from, from recollection, that's sort of what inspired you to, to create this business, right? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah. So actually, um, Archin really helped me with uh, clarity on this um, because he thought it was so powerful when I said, uh, yeah, that this all started when I was uh, I started making a kid's book for my little brother who was four. And he was like, that's your story. Like, you know, everything about your brand is you were that older brother that wanted to connect with his younger brother. And that really unlocked a lot of things for me. But anyways, just to tell the story. So I was 17 years old. And I'd always known that I wanted to grow up and be a cartoonist ever since I was 10. So at 10, I was drawing pictures and making comics. And I knew that I wanted to be what I later recognized as a story artist, broad category of type of artist. Um, always known that I wanted to do that. Uh, when I was 17, I was reading kids books because I have a little brother who's really young. And I'm reading like Dr. Seuss books and I'm going, you know, I think I could probably make something like this. So I started working on a book that's the one behind me, Billy the Dragon. And uh, I just titled it Billy the Dragon because I was like, I love dragons. I think Tristan loves dragons and uh, I can draw them easily because you can draw a dragon however you want to draw one. And uh, my goal was every night before bed, I wanted to read Tristan a part of the story that I had worked on that day and try to make him laugh, gross him out, uh, scare him, uh, give him some kind of a reaction. Um, and, and what that did was it started to build a relationship with my little brother that I still have today. Like, I think there's a, a level of closeness that we have because of the way that our relationship really got going. Got it. So that helps me with the next question, which is, how do you tie that love of your brother and the love of, of drawing and writing the books to today's environment and what you're doing? Like, what's that secret thread from yeah. then to now? And I think it's obvious you launched Dinosaur House, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting the things that I, that I developed that I used today that I didn't realize I was tapping into when I was 17. Most people, when they go to write a kid's book, they have some idea of a thing that they want to impart to a kid or maybe to their kids or just to kids in general. And they're really writing it from that perspective. They're going, here's a thing I want these kids to think about. So I'm going to teach it to them. And it ends up being something that it's like this uh, I'm the, I'm the adult up here and I'm, I'm giving this to you down there kind of an experience. And the kids that read those kind of books, they smell it right away. And they're not shy about saying that they don't like those kinds of books. They'll just toss them to the side. And so something I've been saying for a while is one of the worst feelings in the world is pouring your heart and soul into a kid's book and seeing a kid toss it to the side and not want to read it. Um, and what I realized when I was 17 writing for my little brother is this thing that I now call reaction triggers. Uh, so every uh, kid is looking to react to the book and they want and there's reaction triggers that cause kids to react to the pages. So my philosophy on making kids books is it's OK to go, OK, here's a thought that I want kids to chew on. Awesome. Now let's make a story that is loaded with reaction triggers so that every page is something that the kid is reacting to. They're either rolling on the floor laughing or they're getting, they're going, ew, that 
that's so gross. Or they're freaking out. They're scared. They're, they're, they're feeling this feeling of suspense. You know, the, the page is all dark and they don't know what the main character is walking into as they turn the page. They're like, oh my gosh, what's about to happen? Those kinds of experiences, when you cause a kid to feel that, they want to be read that book every single night. So um, I, I I can't remember if I'm answering your question or not. Yeah, no, essentially what happened. Good. I mean, what, yeah. what I'm thinking about is you serve entrepreneurs who want to write a kid's book. Well, if you were to go into a room of 100 entrepreneurs and say, who wants to write a kid's book? There might only be one or two people who raise their hands. However, yes. if you ex- share with them why it's a good idea to write a book, I I bet you 20 to 50 of those people would say, I want to write a book. Yes. So let's I think talk that a little bit about that, right? Why Why would an entrepreneur like me, and I, I'm happy to share my story that I shared with you when we were in Utah yeah, recently. I would love that. Yeah. Um, so I, I can identify three main reasons why somebody would want to make, why an entrepreneur or an, I'm going to say an industry leader, because you don't have to have an entrepreneur. If you have a sense of career ownership and you want to develop thought leadership in a field, I think you fall into the category of an ideal customer of Dinosaur House. And I don't want to just turn this into a big old ad pitch. Like I, I, I want oh, to talk about great. living a better I mean, story. I think people may not have thought about this and, and it is as in the age of personal brand being so important, like yeah. there's, there's a person on the East coast. We talked about that wrote a book about selling. We're going to leave that person name because yeah. that's where they <laughs> probably should be nameless. And, uh, <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow, the shade, the shade. I've interviewed him. <laughs> so, um, but it's a good yes. branding thing, right? It's a kid's yes, it book is. and it, it's in the vein of what they do. I have a feeling that one's probably more of a telling versus yes, reactionary. It is. Uh, I, and I hate to say that, and we're going to leave the person nameless, yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I will say that I'm, I'm hev- the business model is heavily inspired by uh, what this nameless soul did. Um uh, and I was I was really grateful that I got to pick his brain. Um, and and what he did would fall under the category of uh, thought leadership, in my opinion, um, or or personal brand. It's probably a better way to say it. But yeah, there's so the the biggest reasons that I can see is um, leaving a legacy. I believe that you can't leave a legacy without reaching the hearts of kids. Like it's just impossible. Like what leaving a legacy is is taking something that you're passionate about and passing it on to the younger generation. And that includes kids. That includes at seven, you know, six, seven, eight years old. You, if you can, if you can inspire a kid to think about a, an idea, um, that is a big part of what it means to leave a legacy. So that's that's one. Legacy is one. Uh, the other one is thought leadership. So the, Einstein said, if you can't explain it to a six-year-old, you don't understand it yourself. Um, there's something really powerful about about being the guy in a category who was able to explain it to kids such that kids are excited to read that book. So for example, uh, working on a book uh, called um, I want to be a marketer when I grow up uh, with a friend of mine named Dan Sanchez. And what he's so excited about is he, he has kids, but his kids aren't interested in what he does for a living. So I was like, okay, cool. You know what we're going to do? Or I want to pull out of your head. What are the essential parts of being a marketer? So it's creativity, psychology, and strategy. Those are the three components of being a marketer. Um, so you 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 co- you go to problems that you care to solve, and you solve them with creativity, strategy, and psychology. And I was like, awesome. We are going to make a story 
where it is loaded with reaction triggers that kids are going to love that puts on display how being a marketer is approaching problems with creativity, uh, psychology, and strategy. And I tested this out on a group of second and third graders, and they were rolling on the floor laughing. And then we had this awesome stimulating conversation afterwards. I shared that with him. And he was like, I am so excited for a bunch of reasons. And one of them is, I feel like I'm finally going to get to have conversations with my kids about what I do for a living where they're actually interested in, in learning about it. And if, if they don't grow up to become a marketer, that's no big deal, but I wanna be able to connect with them about this thing that I'm passionate about. And that to me, big unlock. I'm like, yeah, I'm the 17 year old that wanted to connect with my four year old brother. And, and on the living a better story trip, I got to the end of the trip and I was like, I, I had a really hard time. I'm going all over the place here, but I have a podcast called The Purpose Driven Entrepreneur where I ask entrepreneurs how they want to be remembered when they die. And part of the fun of that show is I'm digging into purpose with people that are like me, but I have not figured out uh, my sense of purpose. Well, <laughs> I get to the end of this living a better story retreat and I'm like, you know, unless I come up with something better, uh, that's it. I want to help adults connect deeply with their kids about the things that they are passionate about in a medium that that kid is passionate about. So that's a really wordy way. I'll probably have to yeah. figure out a more. I mean, I got the, whenever I get the chills that that usually means it hit. So I <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the other so the, the the last thing number three, and I've had several customers that are doing this, which is standing out in your category to your to your ideal buyers. So <laughs> I have a I have a friend who runs a podcast production company. No no surprise there. I've got several podcasts, and one of my best friends runs a podcast production company. Um, he's going to give to his uh, either current customers or future or potential future customers a book that celebritizes the dad that starts a podcast. So it's like it it's like it's it's for the dad that is a customer or the mom that is a customer to share with their kids, like, uh, I want to have a podcast when I grow up. And um, it's a really funny book. Again, I've, I've read it to, to classrooms and they, they laughed a lot. But what it does is it positions you in a very interesting way to your, to your market. Um, because so often, especially in B2B, brands come off very boring. And so I think that a kid's book is one of the ways that you cannot be boring to your customers. Wow. Well, so, you know, my personal story is that when we were talking at the executive retreat, um, my son, when he was six or seven years old, we were fishing in Northern California and where the big redwood trees are, right? Where it's like 30 yeah. feet around in some cases. Yeah. Yeah. And you could drive a truck through the middle of them. So it was really neat. We were fishing in the day. And, um, and all of a sudden we're fishing and he has to go to the bathroom. So he goes to the bathroom and then he backs up and steps in it <laughs> and he goes, oops, I stepped in my poop. And so, so the, the he stepped, premise, to be clear, he stepped in his own poop. in his own poop. Yeah. <laughs> oops, I stepped in my poop. So the title of the book will be that. Well, now how yes. can it be relevant to kids? And, and here's an interesting, uh, piece of this right it's not for my kids I mean he'll read it and he'll laugh because he's 19 yeah. and my yeah. daughter's 18 and they'll go yeah, yeah dad you built the book after me but yeah. what I really want to articulate is when you when you make certain decisions in life or sometimes things just happen to you right out of no planning they just happen yep. and it's 
Oh, oops, I stepped in my poop. Now what? Yep. And so yep. with Rich Blakeman and Arjun and Robert, we're, we're planning a book called God-Centered Choices. And so how do you, you know, you have multiple choices you can make. It's usually not binary, a one or yep. a zero. It's this, this, th there's hundreds. And so how do you make those choices with, you know, God's behind you when you make those choices? So yes. kind of left page, oops, this is what just happened. And then here's, maybe it's even a choose your own adventure kind of a book. Oh, uh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. But uh, be a different really pricing point. These, <laughs> You know, how do you pass these concepts on to someone in a way living through the life experiences you've lived through so yes. that the new the kids can take that and go, oh, I get it. I got to make choice A and not B, C or D. Right. Yeah. My, my, my philosophy on that is you, you come up with what you the idea that you want to that you want to share. You share it as best you can in a really interesting story. And the goal is incepting the idea into your kid rather than preaching to them. So many kids books preach. What's really powerful is when you can make it to the kid. It, it was it was it's their idea. They've they're the ones through reading the story that have come up with the the main idea of the story wow and what's funny what you just said is exactly what it's like to lead a sales team um because if it's their idea or in a negotiation you know yeah sharing is caring uh and i suck at that <laughs> i'm so i'm so happy to have met so many skilled uh salespeople that love jesus uh because um i i can't wait to learn from you guys Man, well, we all learn together every day. So let's go to, so we've talked a lot about all the positive things and everything going on in your business. Sometimes it's good to expose the painful stuff that happens in our lives. Because okay. when we do, then that helps people understand when they're going through something that's painful, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. So yeah. if you were to share with the listeners, you know, what, what was something that was painful for you? And then how did it become a gift later in life? Hmm. Hmm. Well, uh, there were two really painful things. Well, three, there were three really painful things that I shared on the retreat. Um, the first one, when uh, Robert White was doing his, uh, his opening uh, presentation, and he was kind of uh, saying, you know, what, what it means to trust somebody. And he was like, we trust, and I forget what the six, I took notes, uh, but I just can't remember them. Uh, what the six ways that somebody caused somebody to trust somebody. Um, and uh, one of them is when you, I think one of them was when you know a, a secret about that person that hurts that person. Um, and then he was like, I'm, I'm getting nervous because I know I have to model this now. And then he shared with us a secret that hurts him to this day still. Um, and it, then he was like, I want you to group up in, in pairs and each in, in your pair share a secret with the other person that hurts you to this day. Um, and then uh, everybody paired up uh, and I, I didn't have a, I didn't have a buddy. Uh, we were an odd number un, un, unless you count Robert White. So Robert comes over to me and he's like, I'll, I'll be your buddy. And I was like, okay, all right, here it comes. And I shared with him uh, the first thing, which is, and this is very painful to talk about. Um, and it's not the divorce. I'll, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> um, uh, my uh, my dad, to the best of my understanding, my dad does not believe in me or what I do. Um, it's it's very it's very painful. I might start crying. <laughs> um, uh, 
uh, and I, I've asked him, I've sent him letters, uh, I've sent him text messages, I've tried to talk to him about it. It hasn't gone very well. And so I'm trying to figure out just what to do with it. But um, it's very painful to think about how my anytime I've talked to my dad about what I'm passionate about or what I'm doing, um, he doesn't he doesn't have anything encouraging to say. He's never taken the time to read any of the books that I've made. Um, he's never told me that I'm doing a good job. Um, he, uh, he, I, I was in 2019, I was touring and one of the most successful months of my life. Uh, and hopefully this is just, I'll be able to look back on that and kind of chuckle at it in terms of what, what God grows this business to become. But uh, I had made uh, 20,000 in sales in five weeks. And uh, this was off of Billy the Dragon. I was just touring with that book. Um, and I, I, I tell my dad about it and he just kind of says, hmm, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, later on that day, he asked me when I thought I would be quitting this hobby and pursuing getting a real job. And um, I can't remember what I said. I think I said something like, well, you know, when I can stop, mon when I'm not able to monetize this hobby anymore, I'll, I'll go get a job. Um, but, uh, you know, the reality for me is this is, this is any opportunity that I've had to, so I, I'll go get a job. Like when I can't make money, when I can't monetize this, I mean, COVID hit, boom, touring wiped out. I had to figure out how I was going to make money again. And a huge blessing because it's what opened, opened up my, uh, mind to, Hey, I could, you know, there ghostwriting services, people are paying a considerable amount of money to have a ghost ghostwriting service, create a thought leadership book out of their content in a way that is very compelling and beautiful and professionally done. And I've spent six years monetizing being a kid's book author. I've read to thousands and thousands of kids. Um, and there's nobody that I can see that's doing this with kids books. Um, partially because illustrate there are so many components of it that are so hard and i was like yeah this is this is how i'll make money anyway all i'm trying to say here is every opportunity i've had to quit my day job and and focus on being a, a successful entrepreneur uh i've done it <laughs> so i did it as soon as i could quit i was a performer at disney as soon as i could quit that and go full-time kids book author i did and just tour and just tour the u.s as a kids book author well, um, and I, then COVID I sense the, the, the pain there, like you just shared. Right. And, and similarly, when I was younger, my dad didn't really he, like, he grew up in the Midwest, so he never says, I love you. And so, yeah. uh, and then he didn't come to my soccer games and swim meets and, and all that kind of stuff. And so yeah. I was like, huh, dad doesn't love me. That was my consideration. Well, over the years, he flew to every house I ever bought and he helped me build a workbench he helped fund several of my, so the way he showed love to me was different and very similar to you. My dad was always like, look, like Chad entrepreneur, that's cool. But you, you know, you got to get somewhere where you're there for 20 years. I'm like, dad, the average tenure of a, of a VP of sales is 18 to 24 months. And I'm like, so if I'm making it three years in companies where it's normally 18 to 24, I'm actually doing better. It, it took time and repetition for him to see, that I'd written four books, that yeah. uh, one of them became a bestseller, that I got an MBA. And, and you know, now 
it, it took all that time, but now I can sit down and look my dad in the eye and, and, and he does show the, he is proud of me and he does love me. So my, my simple two cents would be keep doing what you're doing. There's, there's these things called border busters and border breakers. People like me that are going to tell you, yes, keep doing it. Right. And you expand your universe and don't take no for an answer. And there's other people who are come from their perspective. They're not right or wrong. They're yeah. just, they just look at it differently and they, they, they're, maybe they're not the creator type. Yeah. And so you got to surround yourself with the creator type. I, I agree with you. Um, and it's been really helpful. The thing that I hear from God when I pray about this is, uh, and I don't know how Christian of a podcast this is, but I'm a Christian and you're a Christian. So that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the thing, when I pray about this, the thing that I hear from the Lord is to stop trying to prove it to my dad and just try to, I don't know what the best way to say this is try to prove it to the market, try to like, try to make it real, try to make it a thing. Um, and then the other thing is uh, I believe that God believes in me. And by that, I just mean, he's the one that he's the one that gave me the desires, the passions, the skills, um, the ability to learn uh, and the, and the natural gifts that I have. And um and I, I believe that he is the one that's ultimately going to establish me as an entrepreneur, but I have to work my ass off for that to work. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've created a lot of fans on your podcasts, uh, certainly with the group of people we were, we were at a week ago. Um, next question for you. It's three years out. So now we're going future state on the, on the stair step. And by the time you did that exercise, man, you were just glowing. And you knew exactly what was going to happen three years, five years from now. What, yeah. what do you, when you're looking back and you say, Chad, I just had the most incredible three years of my life. What, what happened over those three years? Yeah. Um, so over those three years, I would say I took, I, I took over the, the niche of, um, of ghostwriting and, and illustrating uh, kids books for business leaders. Um, what else? Uh I, the, the, the more purposeful way to say it, the, the way to say it, that gives, that gives me a high is, um, I have helped hundreds of adults connect deeply with their kids over things that they're passionate about. Boom. So Love that. that's, that's the big reality. And the reality is I, I want to get towards the end of my life and be able to look back and go, I've made over a thousand I've either made, helped make, or helped produce over a thousand kids books that are really good at connecting parents deeply with their kids over topics that they're passionate about. I love that. There's, yeah. a, there's, so, there's a, a teacher that's at my son's school, Thunder Ridge high school. And when we first went in and learned about what he does, he, he does like this one hour. I don't even remember what it's called. Uh, but it's, it's like homeroom, but now they call it something different in today's world. And so he said, when I retire in 10, 15 years or whatever it is, he said, I'm going to get a hot air balloon. I'm going to go to a park and everyone's invited, all the parents, all the kids. And if I want you to bring $1, I think is what he said. And he said, I will, if, if one person shows up with $1, then I know I, I will have done my job. And he's like, but it'll be real interesting to see how many people actually show up to that park. And then he's going to take off in a hot air balloon, like the Wizard of Oz or something. Hey. And I was like, that's, that's a neat idea, right? And if you really think about what those, what that looks like for you three years, five years, 20 years from now, 
and then work towards that, you really can do whatever you want to do in any. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I believe that. What time? I I have struggled for the longest time with self-doubt and believing in myself about this stuff. Um, And it's weird to say it because it's kind of new to say it, but I, I genuinely believe that I will do this. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And you've got somebody else that believes in you from up above. And like you said, knowing that there's belief there and believing in yourself, the belief is the, the most important thing in anything that we set out to do. If you believe you can do it, then you can. Sometimes it feels like life's just a video game. And I'm like, okay, a million dollars. I want it right there in the corner. Well, it didn't happen right there, but if I wanted it in a year from now, I could have a duffel bag with a million dollars in it. I promise. 100%, 0% doubt. That's not a goal to me. I don't want a duffel bag with a million dollars. If it was, I could do it. So yeah. it's that easy. All right. Um, we're coming up on the end of the time here. Um, yeah, uh, folks. Yes. Oh, okay. I was going to say, last question. What role does faith play in your journey? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Chad. There was a Zoom delay there. Uh, so it got weird. But um what role does faith play in my journey? Uh, I would say it plays every role in my journey, <laughs> literally every role. Um, I, 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 I have to start my days with gratitude or I am going to be a disgruntled person. And so I start my day just picking, you know, anytime I feel a sense of disgruntledness, I start thinking through like, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to be grateful. What am I grateful for? And then I just start thinking of things like this, this laptop that I'm talking to you on right now, the majority of the world doesn't have this. Okay. This, this microphone, the majority of the world doesn't have that. My phone, my tablet with my Apple pencil on it, the ability to hire people, the ability to reach uh, potential customers, all of these different things that I have, the majority of people don't don't have. And so there comes gratefulness. Well, then there also comes a sense of responsibility. If God has given me stuff, then he wants to see me be faithful with that stuff. So what does it look like for me to be, you know, I'm not in charge of the outcomes. I'm just in charge of being faithful with what God has given me. Mm. Um, so there, there's that. And then the uncertainty, I got to go on walks and say, God, where, where are customers? <laughs> I need, you know, if this is what you want me to be doing, I, I need you to provide the outcomes because I, I can't control the outcomes. Yeah, that's awesome. Every person has 60 to 80,000 thoughts per day. Most people, two thirds of those thoughts are negative. And mm. when you can use some of the tactics that you were just sharing, like focusing on the positives, I've got this computer, you can actually change it so that it's two thirds positive and one third negative or less. And it's amazing. Think of it like a river and it's just going down negative, negative, negative. And all it takes is a couple of those things where you focus and you can completely shift that mindset and, and you're well on your path there. I can feel it. (laughs) Thanks, Chad. Um, and by the way, you do need to send me a contract for $2,000. Um, I think I was on the, the last $2,000 option uh, to, yes, to write a kid's book, which the yes, price sir. is going to $5,000 uh, effective immediately. But maybe we can yes, sir. out to our, our listeners, if they sign up within 14 days of the time they hear this podcast, then maybe you could grandfather them in on the $2,000 rate. Yes. Uh, when this episode goes live, 
if you go to the website, which is dinosaurhouse.com, just one word spelled exactly how it sounds, dinosaurhouse.com, there's a big button that says schedule a story design call. If you schedule that call within two weeks of this podcast going live, I will honor that $2,000 price. Awesome. Well, you know where I'm going to be going right after we hang up. Yeah. On the All right, Chad. All right, man. I appreciate you being on the show today, Timmy. It's great to talk with you again. And uh, I will I will see you at the top. Yeah. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ. Christ.